You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. What is going on to all of our new listeners? Welcome to The Clean Sweep, which is Elite Sports New York, or ESNY for short. It's uh, our official Brooklyn Nets podcast. Um, this podcast is, of course, named after the notorious uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. His tweet from the 30th of June discussing when the Nets landed Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and then, of course, most important of all, DeAndre Jordan. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Danny Small, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm glad we're finally getting this going as, you know, we kind of put it off for a little bit, but now we're getting into the nitty gritty. Season's coming up, a lot yep. of exciting things coming around with the Nets, so yep. I'm ready to go. Me too. Yeah, it's been kind of a an interesting long summer in a lot of ways. It wasn't like, I think, previous summers where we had kind of trade rumors popping up. It, it happened all at once. The, the Kawhi thing, I guess, extended a couple of days maybe just a weekend and then it was pretty much it. So it's, I'm really excited to get back into actual basketball content. Um, for those of you that are uh, just listening and haven't really heard Danny Small's name, he tech, he in general does a lot of uh, Nick stuff at Elite Sports New York. He's really one of the big reasons that I got into play-by-play and I guess flow of the action offense stuff um, just as a writer. I, I remember your article uh, about Joe Harris, actually, who we're going to be talking about later uh, just talking about his efficiencies was one of the things that really, really fueled me early on when I started writing at Elite Sports New York. So um, it's definitely an honor to be doing this with you. Just want to shout that out. I, I appreciate it. You know, I we we have had some you know long talks over the uh, you know our time knowing each other about basketball yep. and everything. So I'm glad we can actually you know get it to uh, you know a podcast format because right. usually it's just me and you going back and forth and we could really call this the Joe Harris appreciation <laughs> podcast almost because like that's like so many of our basketball chats have started with like something Joe Harris related da 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 so yeah no we're looking forward to it and uh, no you, you've been doing great coverage with the Brooklyn Nets this summer and even you know going back to last uh like playoffs and everything like you were killing it so i'm glad we can kind of you know add to uh the kind of the coverage the writing that we've been doing i'm glad we can add something else to it so we're definitely definitely looking forward to it right definitely um yeah i mean i honestly the thing about joe harris who we're let's start out with him first because i know you have a lot of fiba thoughts um and it just leads well nicely i'm big on segues (laughs) yeah okay uh first off the thing about joe harris i don't have much to add on fiba i didn't watch a ton of it uh, I, I I will say it seems like the guy's going mainstream. Everybody's on the Joe Harris hill now. Hundred <laughs> percent, yeah. No, like I think this was kind of 
Like he he could have had that mainstream moment if he had a good playoff series against Philly. I think. I, so I think people were like ready to be like, "Whoa, Joe Harris led the league in three point shooting." Oh yeah. But then he was so bad in those games, like you know, when people really started watching him. But this, and I know not like World Cup is still kind of niche, but I think yep. people now are like, "Oh wow, like Joe Harris is actually one of the better guys on this team." Which hey, we were on it for for a long time before this, so we're uh, we're already on the bandwagon. You, uh, yeah, I mean, th- you've you've especially been on this talking about just how that he leaks was, out in transition, and uh, that was actually like the like the I'm I'm not like a big prediction guy, like I hate making predictions and stuff, but like going into last year, that was one of my big things. Was like right. Joe Harris is going to be like this next level elite shooter, and that's probably why like I I have, this is the Joe Harris appreciation because like. <laughs> It's one of my few predictions that actually went right. So, like, I'm <laughs> going to constantly remind everyone about that. Um, tell me about his FIBA performance. What uh, He seemed like, based on what I saw, he was really one of their more consistent players, um, which is nice. I mean, I guess there are players that were consistently bad, like former net um, Brooke Lopez. But, yeah. you know, what, did he do anything different, or was it really just mostly him playing his game? It was, I mean, it was Joe Harris, you know, it's him playing his game. Like he, I think he was shooting, he shot 52.4% from deep. So he was the only, he was really the only guy on Team USA who shot well, which was, that was like their big problem. They didn't shoot well enough from deep. Harris, yeah, he took three attempts, 52.4. Then you see Kemba Walker took 5.6 attempts per game, 38.5. So like, that's a pretty, you know, pretty decent, decent number for a high volume shooter. Kemba Choker. Yeah, that, well, that's a whole different story. It's, it's choke against France. But after those two guys, no one shot over 35% from three. Like, yeah, like you said, Brooke Lopez, 12.5% from three. They just they didn't shoot the ball well enough. And, you know, when Kemba gets cold because Frank Nilekina is, like, actually, like, having the game of his life, you know, in a one-game, you know, winner-take-all, weird stuff like that can happen. But with with Harris, he was pretty consistent the whole time. He was never, like, over the top, you know, oh, my God, he's incredible. Right. But what you would expect from Joe Harris, you know, he knocks down his open shots, plays solid defense, like, gets rebounds. He's, you know, he he's exactly what you want him to be. Right. He rebounded a bit better, in the at least from what I saw. I, I, yeah, he, he was 4.1, but part of that, too, is they, they played this small ball with, right. you know, Chris, Chris Middleton or Harrison Barnes at the five, which even in FIBA is like it's tough to do because a lot of teams go with like a big, you know, Jokic or Gobert or, you know, somebody big like Gasol in the middle. Yep. So they were trying to get away with these small ball lineups. But then you couple that in with like only Harris was shooting well, pretty much. So like teams weren't like going to be like running him out of the three point line and everything like they're just kind of like letting Marcus Smart shoot so I mean it was just a tough a tough tournament for USA right but honestly I, I don't even like I wasn't even rooting for USA that hard like call me unpatriotic wow. or whatever like I like the other teams like <laughs> I like watching France Spain I mean Argentina is like no NBA players besides, you know, the ageless wonder Scola, but they're just so much fun to watch. Up-tempo, like, their point guard's nuts. Like, I, it, this USA team, they just didn't do it for me. They, they didn't have any size, and they didn't have any playmakers, which I feel like is, like, the two most important things for a, a tournament with these rules. Which... I, I mean, Mitchell and Walker, I would say they were pretty good, except, you know, Kemba obviously choked in a big spot. But, like, yeah, besides them, I mean, it was, you know, it was kind of, it was tough. And then Tatum gets hurt, so he barely played. I know. Who, who I mean, would he have made the difference? I don't know. But still, it would have been nice to at least have him there as an option. 
Yeah, he looked better, right? Just in terms of his playmaking. Yeah, I mean, he lo- he looked pretty decent in their stuff, but I mean, it's just it's hard because you know they he only plays two games, and now yeah, like it just kind of they they never really had like that rhythm or continuity or anything like that. Like all these other teams, like France, Argentina, Spain, they played with each other for years and years and years. Right, like they know each other like the back of their hand. Team USA, like they just. There were so many possessions where it's, you know, things just break down and then it turns into like Kemba Walker trying to go one on one against Rudy Gobert. And, you know, <laughs> it just, they just didn't have any like offensive flow. Yeah. And that's crazy on a Popovich team because, you know, he's one of the best coaches of all time. But, you know, with circumstances and all these different guys, it's just a tough, it's a tough look for them. But hey, it is what it is. It was one of those rosters where you look at it and you're just like, who is going to be the distributor? And I just don't know. I always dislike teams that are like that yeah. like in general. I, I think I favor passing probably way too much. Like I just, I overrate how much, I guess, important that is. Um, but in every every good U- Team USA team, there's always like right. really good passers. Like right. there's always like the Chris Paul, like Russell Westbrook, LeBron. Like there's always like, you know, these really, really like top-notch passers. I mean, Kemba's really good and he's a good point guard but i wouldn't put him maybe as like not one of the better like distributing point guards necessarily and like mitchell's a decent like distributor too but they didn't have like that one guy they could turn to who could kind of like take over a game like distributing and stuff like that which kind of is a big deal in the fiba game i mean this guy like argentina Campazo, like he takes over games just with his passing sometimes so it's just it's weird. It's a different game, but I mean that's why I enjoy watching it. It's just definitely like not exact. It's a little more physical than NBA. You still have some like teams that go like two big men inside. It's just there's a little more variation. It's it's a fun game to watch for sure. I uh, I want to move to the actual Nets team and what you think of them next year. Uh, one quick question: What what do you think of what happened with uh with Serbia? That was your pick, right? Um, I, you know, I, I was kind of, I, I always thought USA was going to pull it out. I I don't think I ever would have picked against them as my like dark horse pick was like France. And then my, like, I don't know, kind of in the middle pick, I guess you would say was like Serbia. So I was kind of like, those three were my three I was kind of pushing towards, but Serbia, I don't know. They just like Jokic kind of like, didn't look great. He got ejected from one game. Then they kind of just like came out flat, and this Argentina team, they they have such good ball pressure from like their small like little like quick guards, and then Scola and another big guy inside that they just eat teams alive like just on running these like just quick ball movement actions, player movement. They're just they they know each other so well. There's just so much continuity there, and I think they took people by surprise too. Right. I think right. that was part of it. Yeah, the Scola Renaissance has been something it's, to behold. Oh, it's nuts! It's crazy, and he's going to be at the Olympics next year too. So we'll get <laughs> at least one more round of the ageless wonder. I'm t- I like talk myself into him for yeah. the Nets. I'm like, oh, oh, it could be God. worth it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's ugly. You never know. He's playing well in FIBA. <laughs> I mean, shit. Joe Johnson just got a, a one year off the partially guaranteed. Yeah, he got it off the big three. I would say FIBA is probably better competition than than the big three. Is. Yeah, you think so? They play on a full length court, so that yeah, helps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and four point shots, though. Right, so. right, right. Um, all right, Nets. What do you think of them next year? Like, give me give me a synopsis. I know that's a very broad, generic question, but yeah, yeah. Um, 
I would say like I think anywhere from like three to seven in the Eastern Conference. Like maybe okay. on like a really crazy like Kyrie has like a major step forward like MVP candidate. Maybe they get up to like two in the East. But I think they're they're gonna I think they're definitely a playoff team, and they're kind of just gonna figure out who they are this year and basically just wait for Durant. I mean, it's going to be a good year and fun year, I think, to watch him. But it's, you know, where everyone's in this state of just waiting for Durant, you know? Right. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. I, I just put, I, of course, I'm going to forget what I had. I believe I had him at fifth seed, I believe, um, right. which is, and I had him around 45 wins, I believe, maybe 44. Yeah, um, I think, I think be, that's where they're, uh, they're, their over under number yeah. is with with the line, so I I mean they they're always close anyway, so I figure right. somewhere on there. Really controversial pick for me. Um, yeah, I, uh, I yeah, I guess then if if that's kind of where I'm at, um, that's it makes sense to me. I've thought about this roster a lot, and the more we do podcasts, you're gonna notice I preview articles um, when I'm podcasting. <laughs> it is a uh, a thing I like to do a lot. Uh, I just looking at the team and looking how it's constructed. I kind of like how it spaces. Uh, this is something that I've been thinking about the last couple of days. So with the way the offense works, especially with how Kyrie creates, he creates with his gravity. You know what I mean? So he'll he'll drive and he runs kind of like a drive and kick offense. What's different about the Nets than I'd say from his previous destination, the Celtics, um, is that he's surrounded by guys that space better. So the Celtics had a couple of guys that shot above 40% uh, from the left corner. I believe it was like Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, but they really didn't have anybody that spaced from the right corner. The Nets have two guys like that, and they have guys that are going to hit 40% from the left corner, which I'd say is the easier corner to make threes from, just in general. So it's going to be a well-balanced offense. You can slot you know, Joe Harris on the right corner or even on the right wing. He can shoot from anywhere. That guy can hit literally any yeah. shot he wants. Uh, and Torian Prince, you could slot him in the right corner. Um, or you could even try Garrett Temple there. I believe he's around 34%. Or you could put any of those three guys in the left corner. I'm hoping that there is going to be less of like a Jared Allen corner three and more yeah, of it- these three guys. So I like it. I like the offense. I think it's going to be really pretty. Um, I don't think it requires Kyrie to do a ton as a passer, which is probably for the best. He quietly had his best year as a as a uh, assist man, um, and just looked comfortable in that flow of his game as a Celtic. So I'm expecting something like that from him. That's pretty much the biggest thing I'm looking for with them is just who's going to move the ball, who's going to take place of D'Angelo Russell, and then uh, just a full season of health from everybody. Uh, it's you know Spencer Dinwiddie kind of got an inj- he really got injured at the worst time last year. So oh, and yeah, then Paris and that, that, too. Like, that screwed up his six man of the year. Like right. I, I don't think he was gonna, he he wasn't going to win it, but like he, he at it. least would have made like top three if he didn't have that you know that stretch of games he missed. Yep. I think yeah, injuries are a big thing because obviously the biggest one you know if Levert stays healthy yeah. and he takes that next step forward that you know we think he's going to take, then the Nets then that's when they I see them start topping out at maybe right. like third in the Eastern Conference. Right. But that's like a scenario where so many things have to go right. What do you want to see him step up his game next? Which area, I guess, of play? I mean, honestly, I w- I just want to see him get back to like what he was and that like that great creator who could like find his own shot. Like the Nets used him so many times in crunch time last year when he was healthy because I think like I don't want to I don't need him to see like 
completely like take over another part of his game like yeah shoot threes like a little bit better would be right. nice but you know we missed all last year i think like if he just like plays his game like plays within himself i think he'll take that next step like he was supposed to last year right. before he got hurt so just like a natural progression thing yeah, like I don't, I don't think like it's something where like he should come out and be like, all right, I'm gonna take try and take like two more threes this year, or anything, or like you know I'm gonna try and get like this many more you know assists or anything like that. Right. I think he should kind of just like focus on you know what he's really good at right now, and then we'll see what happens like as time goes on. I feel but, like that's yeah. something you do is like a a guy like a I don't I hate calling him a budding star but he kind of is in my eyes. We'll see if he gets there. He has the potential to do it, but I feel like that is kind of like a later point of progression. Like I know not all progression is linear, but it is something that you see guys add later. So like for example, Clay Thompson now is able to like put the ball on the floor, post up. Like that stuff that he added later just because he became so comfortable as like a 3 and D guy. So Yeah, exactly. Like get really really elite and good at what you're good at and right. then you know, like Durant, when he went to, you know, Golden State, mm-hmm. he started becoming a little more of like a rim protector. Like he, you know, add that those little parts of your game, like as you go along. Right. Um, I think immediately I want to see, I, I mean, I I think it's defense is what I want to see from him. And I think that's something he could add to his game immediately. Um, he's a very good defender. He's like, there isn't a part of this game that I necessarily dislike. Um, I just think it's like, as you said, like he just needs to get comfortable and especially just playing within uh, Kenny's system with this group. Um, I want to see him kind of be like, this is the guy, this is our best defender until, of course, Durant mm-hmm. comes back. So that's what I'm looking for from him, yeah. more so than anything. I think that's definitely one of the things that they're they're missing right now is like that guy who you're like, all right, like I trust him. Like when we need to like stop a star like or, you know, someone right. who's just going off, we we know we can go to this guy put him on him and, you know, contain him at least like they, I think they still need a guy like that. Cause I don't think they're going to be terrible defensively, like by any stretch, but they don't have like that one, you know, lockdown defender per se. Right. I'm a little I mean, worried I'd about them defensively. Torian, Torian Prince is a pretty good defender, but I still, I don't know if they have like a, a lockdown defender. I, I think Jordan and Allen having them as rim protectors is going to help. Um, I mean, I know they're not like, like Jordan's not what he once was. And Jared Allen gets overrated a little bit oh, because yeah. of highlights, but I think they're both still like pretty, I'd say pretty decent rim protectors for the NBA. And I think, I think the other part of parts of the, uh, the defense will kind of fall into place. They've got, they've got some athletes. They're a little light in the four, but I mean, they, I think they should be okay. At least uh, I'd say around league average, if I'm guessing. That's where I think it would go wrong for them is if they aren't league average though. And like yeah, you see it's like a, a I guess a malaise that sets over that team. That would be the one thing I'd worry about. But I, I do like and I think that what made them interesting last year was how they kind of would influx the zone. Um, and it kind of covered up for a lot of their inefficiencies because they really didn't have that many good defenders last year. Um, and they were still, I, at one point near the end of the season, I believe they were eighth. I mean, this is a small sample, but they were eighth for a solid period of time, maybe two months. So, you know, I'm willing to see it. We'll see. Um, you know, a guy like Torian Prince, who I like that you brought up, I want to see what he looks like on a winning roster where he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of not really getting pushed out of his comfort zone. He was such a dominant defender in that Wizards series. Um, for what, I guess that was his rookie year. I just, I remember those clips just like standing out of this guy just being all over the floor, being a just absolute like crazy person, basically. Um, and yeah. I'm, I'm hoping we get that from him again. So 
Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I like the role, too, for DeAndre, just because DeAndre is like the ultimate insurance when like a Embiid, Jokic, even a Towns come into town. Um, yeah, you, like, that's one thing. Like, Allen has struggled against those guys. I mean, oh, yeah. the playoffs, like, that was, I mean, I, I know maybe like Embiid didn't have his best series, like, or all of his best games. Like, he had some big games, but like, I don't know, just that that mismatch where they had to throw like Dudley on him at times. Like, even if Embiid wasn't scoring or like, you know, dominating in those moments, like, right. that just threw off everything the Nets were trying to do defensively. And to have like Jordan as that, yeah, that insurance policy, like, all right, we know he can, he can bang with Embiid for a few quarters. That's, I think that's such a big thing to have. Yeah, it's, it will be really nice. Um, I actually, Ed Davis did pretty well on MB. Yeah, that was Ed, the one thing. Davis was, Ed Davis was pretty good in that Turn series. Turn an ankle. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like the, you know, the luck of the draw. And, you know, you don't have a guy after that. Because, I mean, how many teams carry that many good, you know, three good centers. Right. And just get stuck. And you're right. going against, you know, one of the best centers in the NBA right, right. now. So what can right. you do? Yeah, and I don't think the center, like the the depth of center in the e- I mean, I guess there's some decent centers in the in the East because you have Lopez, who's like a completely different cover. Uh, Miles Turner, um, who else? I'm I'm like uh, Embiid, Vucevic. Like, there's some pretty decent centers in the East. So you might, it'll be you nice. Might laugh, but, but Cantor always dominates the Nets. Oh, like, I know. Oh, I know. And it's Cantor, like you know. Just for some reason, every time he goes to Barclays Center, he has like the game of his life. Ennis Cantor was good last year in the playoffs. Yeah, he actually he, good. I mean, he gets he gets clowned on so much for like the you know can't play Cantor stuff with Billy Donovan like way back when, and he's not a great defender by any stretch, but like he's a tough player. Like he he showed out in the playoffs. Like he he's he's out there. He's got he does some good things well. Yeah, and he I mean he's just big. Like he's a big dude. Yeah. But. He's a, um, yeah, he's a big body and he can score. Like right, he can right. score and rebound, which right. I, even if he can't defend a lick, that's not a bad thing to have on the court. Definitely. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think out. So, I mean, the other thing I kind of want to touch on, I I don't really know even how you give analysis on this. Um, are you worried about any like off court stuff? Just having two really prickly personalities, because you know, I was I was thinking about this. And like, I mean, it's so it's so tough because like, I don't know either one of these guys like personally. Yeah, I know. You, you know, like you actually your article on Durant was great. Like, it it encapsulated like a lot of you know the the feelings I think a lot of people have about the Nets. But my thing is, they both chose to come here, and like for years there was always like something. There was always like a story about something. If it was you know Durant, like you know it was not happy with curry being the number one or whatever and then with you know Kyrie and boston there was you know like just i mean I, you can't even name it everything that happened and every story that came out with Kyrie being unhappy but now both of these guys like they're signed for years they both chose to come here they're best friends i like i have to believe that it's going to work out because they're both like they both chose this I don't know. Maybe that's just wishful thinking, but I just think the basketball will will win out, and you know the media, you know, firestorm will kind of die down around because now you're not going to have like you know these free agent rumors all the time. I just I have to believe that they'll figure it out because there's just too much talent for this team to not be you know at least a contender, if not you know win a championship at some point. The good thing for them is that the Nets media is. not huge, I would say, and it's also 
really really young <laughs> so yeah that might work out definitely i think they'll they'll start getting a lot more attention i know as time goes on but yeah it's definitely uh a little i mean they i mean still brooklyn still you know yeah. new york papers know, they still get a lot of pub compared to i guess you know you would say like the the smaller markets in the league they signed but, indiana <laughs> yeah exactly it's like much bigger than that but then you know it's just juxtaposed with like the knicks which is just this you know massive oh fan base and like you know the knicks even when they're 17 wins they still you know drive coverage everywhere so hey it's just it might be a blessing in disguise for them that they're not as you know they kind of have the knicks there to kind of like take some of the heat off them right right yeah i could that would have been a uh an interesting experiment, to say the least. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, that would have been that would have been very interesting if those two ended up in Madison Square Garden. Bondy's just blasting them after a game. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like Bondy. Bondy's I do too. Great. I do too. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? Like he he actually like I know he's had his you know run-ins with the Knicks at times or whatever, like which whatever, no need to get into it. No, but like, yeah, none. Sometimes he'll like he he writes what you know no one else wants to say, but like you read it and you're like, okay, you know, he kind of he's making some sense, you know. I mean, that's the hardest thing to do. I feel like that's the journalist yeah. I respect the most. Is yeah, like, to be yeah to to hit, hit that angle, you know, right. that someone needs to hit. Yeah, because it's it you're voicing the opinion I think of a lot of fans and like. Not, I think that that's kind of valuable to do in a way. Yeah, um, and I think it's also valuable. Like I, you know, there's so many like you know losers and eggs on Twitter that'll like just be like, "Oh, you're an <laughs> idiot, you're an idiot," this and that. But like sometimes, like the fan base is completely wrong. Like sometimes, like the fan base like will right. be overwhelmingly in on a decision, and one writer will say like, "No, this is a bad idea," and like he'll get slammed for it. Right, and then. You know, you look back a year later and it's like, oh, wow, like that person was right. Right. Or certain guys are like untradeable to yeah, the fan exactly. base. Yeah, that's that's my favorite one. Oh, yeah. When, when suddenly this guy is like, oh, we wouldn't trade him for anything. It's like, what? Like, I mean, it's, it's Jared Allen. <laughs> in, yeah, in general, I think like fans just like they they hug their like prospects. And right. Young players. Like they just like overvalue them because they think like they, they foresee like Jared Allen becoming like the next Rudy Gobert, right. which – you know, like dream. It's fa- it's fair to dream, but you know, if you get a good trade where you can include Al- Allen, you can't think like, well, we got to keep him because he might be the next Rudy Gobert. Yeah, That's yeah. just not the way you have to think. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on this roster or anything like that? Um, I'm trying to think of any players that we miss. We kind of covered pretty much. Yeah, we kind of we, we, we kind of went across with some broad strokes. Do, do you want to talk about the four spot at all? I'm I'm depressed about that topic but yeah we can talk yeah, about it i know it's not i know it's not your favorite because i think i have a feeling we're both gonna end up on the same on the same player but yeah yeah i've been beat into submission on the mellow thing i'm just like i, I mean this summer has been it's been held out for so long I, like, I, know. I have to respect it you you were you were holding out on the mellow but like i don't know just is there like is there anybody else? I mean, when I started, I was like, ah, we could do Lance Thomas. It's like, ah. Listen, I love Am I Lance serious? <laughs> I love Lance Thomas. Like, he's a he's a really good, good, nice, like, person, like, dealing with him. Like, last last year on, like, occasion, he's a really nice guy. But, like, his, I don't know. I, if Lance Thomas gets signed over Mello, people are going to be, te- like, texting Rachel Nichols like they were when Joe Johnson got signed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, whatever. I'm for the flyer. They, I think, if they're gonna make the move with Melo, um, they are. I, I, it's just gonna be on the date of, I believe it's November fifth, when they can add the sixteenth player. Yeah. Just so they yeah. aren't cutting somebody, you know, just for an experiment that may or may not go well. I, mm-hmm. I think that's probably what they're gonna do with it. Um, I, I think that's it's probably the the way I the only way you do it now right. I feel it right right yeah it's been I ever since they signed uh Kyrie and KD it's been pretty disastrous in a lot of ways for them which is like really weird it should be like the summer of the century but Chandler with PEDs Rody's investigation which is still ongoing um it's it's weird to come into the season like that after signing two of the top 12 players in the league or 15 I guess if you're sports illustrated <laughs> yeah but no, no, you're kind of right. It, like the summer is kind of like, and it, you know, like the Joe Harris stuff is nice, but that's like not like it's. I don't. I feel like Nets fans aren't that into Joe Harris Team USA. Like maybe if it was the Olympics, but like that, I feel like that has been overshadowed by right. you know this like everything going going on. Like to talk about Mello, the you know Chandler PEDs, the roadie stuff that's come out. I feel like you know those stories are like much bigger to Nets fans. And that's kind of like the, the bad taste in their mouth going into like training camp in the season. Is there anybody else you would consider for the four? Cause I, we talked about briefly yeah. about, was there anybody good at FIBA and you came back with a, a strong no. So yeah, like, I mean, there are a lot of fours that I liked like in FIBA, but just like no one that would make sense for the Nets. Like yeah. we, I said, you know, Bielitsa from uh, Sacramento, which would, he'd be great, but I don't see any reason why they would trade him. And like, I, I just, there's no way that trade would ever happen. Um, and then like international guys, I mean, it, are they, would they really want to go Scola? Because if they're being serious, like he would be like the only person at FIBA I saw that would be worth it. But I just, I don't know. I can't see them going back to Scola as a 39 year old. I think that ship has sailed. It would be a it would be a move. I don't know if it's a good one, but it would be yeah, a move. I, it, it would definitely be a big splash for for Sean Marks, <laughs> or a big splash in like a small pond or something. Yeah, like that. right. But <laughs> it's like wait, it might be Kyrie and KD, but I don't know. <laughs> I I don't think we have to worry about that happening. So what does like a a Carmelo role look like? Because the thing about with all the stuff that's happened is that their bench is suddenly just so horrible. Like it's just it's not and good. I'll say that, that was like much. One of their big strengths last year was like just having a strong, you know, strong bench coming right. in. Right. And they maintained that in the summer. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, actually, our entire, all of our forward depth is just gone. Um, yeah. For, a, we'll see how long. But um, I I guess he would just come in and just kind of play his role. I could kind of see it. Like, I it would be a lot of like turn taking between him and, and Dinwiddie. And I know that <laughs> rotations aren't like rigid. Like, it's not like here's the starters and here's the bench. Like, we're not in fifth grade but YMCA I, ball, but, but know. for sure Dinwiddie and, uh, Dinwiddie and, uh, which McCall and Mello would be like, they'd be playing a lot of time together yeah. on that unit. But I think you, you're probably right. It would be like a decent amount of turn taking, but at the same time, like, I think like Mello is, I know his, his numbers weren't great from last year, but it was like small sample size. I think he's still a pretty good shooter. Like, I think if Dinwiddie gets, you know, just comfortable with kicking out to him, on drives and stuff like that. I could see Mello like being a decent catch and shoot threat yep. on the second unit. But at the same time, you know, like I think Mello, he does need to have the ball in his hands to a certain extent to be, to be, uh, 
to be efficient or not efficient, but impactful. A little pick and roll action between those two. I mean, I, I kind of like Mello, it. I don't, Mello doesn't do, he's never done a ton of pick and roll, but I would actually like to see that if they could throw that in there. Cause I mean, he wouldn't be roll man as much as like a pick and pop guy, yeah. but he could slip a few, you know, he Mello's a smart enough player. They could figure out how to make it work. Yeah, they would be interesting. And I mean, to be fair, like Durant hasn't really done pick and roll. I'm surprised we didn't bring that up. But that that was this yeah. whole podcast. It's just going to be us yeah. gushing about the Kyrie Katie pick and roll. Yeah, well, I, you know what it is? Like, I still, I'm like, I, I don't even think as much about Durant yet because, like, that's, like, who knows when we're going to see him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, like, the, the Kyrie KD pick and roll, and, like, we've talked about the the KD Kyrie inverted pick and roll. Like, oh, yeah. we're, very, we're very excited about what, what the Nets are going to be doing with some pick and roll actions. I want them to take some, like, Warriors offense. So, like, do, like, a bunch of cross screens and stuff like that because, like, it, it gets really interesting if you're doing, like, off-ball stuff. Where you have like Joe Harris screening for uh for for Durant in the I guess on like the low block as he flared I guess like mm-hmm. swings out to three or um I, I that's the stuff that I really want to see if they start implementing some of that and implementing a little bit of like Durant's Golden State background uh, that's the stuff I hope they do actually like uh, France I actually I really loved what they were doing in FIBA like and they played like a pretty like NBA ish style offense yeah. but they would like run like they would run guys off like staggered screens, like mm-hmm. Fournier off like a big staggered screen. He'd, cat, he'd get like a nice catch, like right on the wing. And it would like the way the actions worked, it would like roll straight into a Rudy Gobert pick and roll with him. And like, I'd love to see, you know, something like the Nets do things like that, where like they have, you know, Kyrie or KD coming off a pin down and then right. someone you know coming around. It's like a good way to clear out space. Like, I think, and I think Atkinson is a really good like X's and O's guy. Yep. I mean, not- you know, like not that I'm I'm on the like a level of where I know how, like which NBA coach is better at X's and O's or whatever. Right. But like I mean, Kenny, like over the years, he's been pretty good at like getting his shots and getting his sets off. Like I think he'll figure out a way to make it work with Kyrie and KD with you know however they choose to attack it. You know, pick and rolls. You know, more of a motion offense. I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm excited for it for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean. That's the stuff. Like, I really hope, and I, they have their media day um, in the I think about two, three weeks, two weeks maybe. I'm hoping somebody asks about that. That would be nice if we can get yeah. a little bit of a questioning about how he wants to use them in the offense because that's the stuff that like really interests yeah. me. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, I I have a feeling like most of the KD stuff is just going to be about the injury. Ugh. Which you know, it's just that. It's a good way to piss him off. <laughs> yeah, but eh, well, I mean, we'll see. I think, I think he'll because usually when guys are hurt, they, I mean, they pretty much lay low. Like he'll make he'll make appearances, he'll talk to the media, but like he doesn't. You know, if you're rehabbing, you don't have to deal with the media every day and stuff like that. That's probably the biggest reason they didn't have a press conference. I think just to yeah. not but, uh, deal with that. Really, like. I mean, not that the Knicks had like this a similar summer, but like they didn't they, like even Julius Randle was a pretty big signing, and like they he didn't get a press conference. Like, I feel like a, a few teams this year just didn't really do much for yeah. it. Yeah, Clippers did with Kawhi, the Celtics did with Cantor, um, and Kemba obviously. But yep, I don't know. I can't think of anyone else. Yeah, the, the Clippers having one was a you saw that coming a mile. Yeah, that, that was a no brainer. I mean, with Balmer. Yeah, like, that's very Balmer. He probably wanted to have two, like <laughs> just a week, like a, yeah. a parade. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, have the parade already. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I is there anybody else? We're gonna I'm gonna cut back to the four spot before we kind of close this thing out. Anybody else that you would be interested in outside of Mello? Um, I kind of like Dante Cunningham. It's an extremely yeah, I mean, unsexy name, I know, but yeah, no, definitely an unsexy name, but not like not a bad thought. I mean, just you, you just at this point, once that you hit that November fifth or whatever day it is, they can grab that next guy. Like, I, you just definitely need a body because like you need somebody who can fill that role. If it's you know if if Prince is undersized or something like that, because that's just like the one glaring hole on the team right now. Yeah, it's not great. I'm I. I like the idea of trying to fill it with Prince and Nawaba, but and I think you could get away with that during the regular season, but they're going to have to address it at least yeah, at the trade no, deadline. You can you can get away with like a lot of stuff like that in the regular season. Like we said, you can, you know, mix in some zone here and there and things like that. You like there's there's ways to play like some some cheapy defenses during the regular season, but problem is that just it doesn't fly in the uh in the playoffs. All right, I'm gonna hit you with one last question. Do you where do you think they rank in terms of three point attempts? Are they top two, top three? Are they not even close? Where do you think they're gonna finish? Um, oof, that's a good question. They've been top three the last couple of years around yeah, that. Yeah, they've, they've been high. Uh, I don't like. I don't want to say top five because that's like a cop out. I think i'll say uh i'll say four or five like i don't think they're gonna be top three because and this is just a complete like guess because i i still don't know exactly how they're gonna be running the offense and what they're gonna be doing but i feel like there's gonna be a decent amount of like uh, irving pick and roll with like jared allen or or deandre Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's not gonna end up in a ton of like threes i think that's gonna end up more in like Kyrie at the rim or, you know, like one of the bigs at the rim. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I, I could be way off about this. I, I'm just taking a complete guess. What do you think? I'm going to go with, I, I don't know who's going to finish with them, uh, over them it, between, it's like between them and Milwaukee. I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who will shoot more. Cause Milwaukee made like a lot of just, they got like Corver and, Wes Matthews like they just completely doubled down on playing yeah, completely on the, systematic on the uh, the idea that like you just you have Giannis and then shooters around him and then just like like let it let's go like yeah. let's just play with him and as many guys that can make threes as possible Houston I actually wonder if they're going to finish ahead of Houston this year I have no Is, idea what to but- expect but is is Russ going to take a lot of threes? I think I think over the summer he said something about like he he wanted to become a better three point shooter. But I don't know. I I don't know how the offense there changes. But that being said, with James Harden, you're going to have to expect a ton of threes just from him alone on one so, leg now. That, yeah, that that one legged step back jumper or whatever I, it is. I just don't know if I like it or not. But it is something to behold. I I want to see it in actual game. Because it looks ridiculous. I'm I'm interested because that's one of those things like you see people on Twitter and they're like, yo, he's going to revolutionize the game. <laughs> it's like how many times have we seen like Ennis Cantor shooting threes like and everyone's like, oh, my God, Cantor's going to shoot threes this year. I mean, like there's a good chance that Harden never even pulls that move out in the game. But I'm definitely rooting for him, too. Like I, I want to see it. Yeah, it. It's, it looks weird, I'll say that much. It, Westbrook, yeah. I, I'm doing like, there's two cardinal sins, I think, in the offseason. One is overreacting to workout tapes, yes. just anything. Second is overre- uh, overreacting to summer league. 
I'm overreacting to Westbrook's jumper. <laughs> it looks a little bit better. It's cleaned up a little bit. He gets a little so, more arc on it. He doesn't jump as high. So it looks a little better. He's going to be a 40% three-point shooter. That's what oh, you're dear saying. God. <laughs> Hell will freeze over before that happens. Yeah, seriously. It's like a historically awful shooter. Hey, man, I I, I could go on about Russ for, for hours. Oh. I, I know he's not a great shooter, but he's just – I love I love his game. I love his Oh, attitude. really? Wow. I love his attitude. Oh, he's just – Maybe like I know there's so many things like that you can criticize him for, but like that MVP season where he was basically just doing it single handedly was and I know Oladipo like left and just became a superstar too. Like it's like not the best look for Westbrook, but that season was so much fun watching him play. It was that was a great season because it was the Isaiah Thomas year too, which kinda got yeah. swept under the rug. That was a yeah. great year. Honestly, Isaiah Thomas, like he had an MVP-esque season. Like, I know why, like, he didn't deserve it over the other two guys, but he was, like, that was a ridiculous season. Kawhi had just, like, the two-way two way, uh, season of the century. That was yeah. a great year, too. Um, yeah, we, he went he went under the radar for a few years there, I think. <laughs> that was like, self-imposed. So yeah. Don't feel bad. True. Yeah. <laughs> he was fine with it. <laughs> don't feel bad for him. Um all right. Do you have any other Nets thoughts? I'm gonna I'm gonna let you dish on the Knicks a little bit. I want to do just like five minutes of Knicks talk. I know okay, that's yeah. like I, I don't think I don't think I have anything on the Nets right. left. I think we I mean we basically went over every yeah. position, every person. We covered yeah, a lot. I, I'm I think I'm ready. I'm ready for some Knicks chat. We're the Joe Harris of podcasting right there. That was just model yeah. efficiency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Knicks. How many wins are they getting? Where are they finishing? Like, what do you? What, just give me a prediction right now. Oof. All right. Um, I'm going to say – and my prediction is subject to change because I don't even okay. remember what my last one was. I'm going to say like 27, 28 wins, something like that range. Like they're not going to be in playoff contention but maybe like 10 or 11. Or no, no, no. I'm 11 or 12 in the East, 13 maybe, something in that range. I'd, I'd say if you're asking a win total, I'd say give me 28 right now because I think they have a lot more talent than they did last year. It's just it, making it fit is going to be a lot more difficult, but they're not going to have games like last year. Like last year, they walked out on the floor and the game was over. Like they had no chance for like – and it was like a good solid like two months where they just – if they won a game, it was like the craziest thing you've ever seen. I don't think they're going to be that like – that bad this year i think they're gonna improve but like i've said this a lot it's so hard to just like take like a 15 game jump forward like that's just not yeah works like that's you can you can say oh the knicks have all these guys are so talented but unless you're getting like lebron james you know and like he's joining like the Cavs team like way back when like teams don't make that like that 30 win jump ever like 20 win jump even so I think like 28 would be an 11 win jump. That would be like a really good step and positive step forward for the Knicks. I had them at 30. I had to pull up my list because I don't have a my memory's yeah, not working I, well today. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm usually more pessimistic on Knicks, like just in general, just because they haven't been very good for a while. But like 28, 30, like something like that. I think if they hit 30, like that's, I think that's a good year for Fizdale. He might yep. not say it is because like, I think he's going to, you know, keep playing this. Like, you know, like they're trying to win. They want to be a playoff contender. Like, I mean, why wouldn't they say that? Like that's right. the right thing you want them to say. But I think like deep down, if he gets like 
above 30 wins, he's going to be like, all right, like, here we go. Like, now we're, we're moving in the right direction. I actually like their offseason a lot. Like, I don't – I like the idea of getting assets because I think a lot of those guys are going to be – I mean, if they – if it's never going to happen, but, man, they have some guys that the Nets could use. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Marcus Morris, like, yeah. that would – that would be a good guy for the Nets to have right now. But, I mean, with the contracts and everything, be tough to, to scoop them. But, no, you're right. Like, they have – I mean, they have talent. They have, like, some tradable contracts. They have a decent core of, you know, young players. I mean, how – how where is it, where are all of them going to top out? We don't know yet. But, I mean, they at least are in an okay position. The worst-case scenario would be if they had, like, another, like, 18, 19, 20-win season – and there's like no growth. Right. They have problems dishing out minutes. Then it would be an issue. But I, I tend to believe they're going to at least take steps forward this year. You know, whether it's like to 25 wins or 30 remains to be seen. But they they're way more talented for sure. Yeah, it's it's a much better roster, and it just the way they've structured those deals, I'm very into. Like those are all, even like Wayne Ellington is like, yeah, I could talk myself into Wayne Ellington and. You know, team, for one year, a team, a team needs a shooter. Like, uh, like I feel like at the trade deadline, like if Wayne Ellington's like having a decent year shooting. I mean, who knows? Like, he probably won't get a ton back for him. But anything you get back for like a Wayne Ellington trade, right. or like you know, trading, I don't, maybe Bobby Portis, like somebody like that. Like anything you get back for those guys right. is like a positive, right? Yeah, they get a second rounder. They've drafted well too. So, yeah, that's. I mean, you you look at. You know, I mean, we'll see how this year's crop did, but you know, I, I, technically, we'll throw Alonzo Trier into the draft thing because he was—he, yeah. he, he told teams not to draft him because he wanted to sign with the Knicks, and then plus, you know, you throw in Robinson, like that's a pretty damn good like second round haul. It's better than their first round haul. <laughs> I'll say that much. <laughs> so far, yeah. I mean, we'll <laughs> see what we'll see what happens with with uh, Knox. But... Yeah, I have Knox stock. I can't even. I get I get uh, I get dished out a lot for my knock stock. I have a decent amount. I, I like. I mean, he's he's got like all the physical tools you want to see. He does like you. You will see him at times, like glimpses of like where he's like, wow, like this kid's gonna be able to score one day. And like he's what I've always said about Nilakina is they're so young. Like people give up on him after half a season, like saying like, Oh, he's a bust. He's never going to make it. Like Knox is 20 years old right now. He's so young. He might've just turned 21 maybe, but I, I forget he's, but he's either way. He's young. Like you got to give these guys time to mature. I, uh, I mean, I, I, he didn't, uh, Colin didn't put his article out yet on Alfred Payton, right? Still on the no, web. Yeah, yeah, that one. I'm looking I'm excited. forward. To that one. I'm excited. I I am all for it. And Alfred Payton season. I feel like he's very important to what the Knicks are doing next year because I just don't know who's going to pass on that team. Like them and yeah, the Celtics. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not super high on them, but I, you might be right. You might be right. Like I probably am wrong, honestly. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I I'll I'll admit, like out of the the new guys, like Payton is a guy I haven't like seen a ton of them. I didn't watch like a ton of. Uh, New Orleans games last year just because like I mean they were actually like kind of a decent roster but with all the Anthony Davis stuff I feel like I just never <clears throat> never really cared about them but yep. I mean I'm interested to see because yeah like you said he's one of the only like true facilitators on the roster the more I write the more I like kind of learn what I'm good and bad at and I'm just an awful talent evaluator just horrible <laughs> I'm horrible at it <laughs> that's uh, that, there's 
I mean, that's not the end of the world. Like, <laughs> I mean, everybody's a bad talent eval- evaluator. Like, anyone who tells you, like, that they get every person right and, like, they're yeah. always, like, you know, oh, this guy is going to be a stud. Because you think about it, like, how many – if you look back at, like, mock drafts and stuff like that and, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Reports after like drafts and trades and all that, like ninety percent of the time, people are either like wildly wrong or like just mildly right in like the most lukewarm way. My favorite thing to do is like look at high school rankings on I think mm-hmm. it's like two four seven sports or websites yep. like that. I just feel like why was Tyus Jones the uh, third highest recruit? Like mm-hmm. what? What are we looking yeah, at here? Some of those old those old recruiting things are crazy. <laughs> hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um all right, I mean I'm think we've pretty much covered any everything here. Uh on my other podcast, Beers and Ball, which really is more of my like sit down and talk with friends podcast. <laughs> Not as much like a real basketball yeah. analysis <laughs> podcast. We end with a random shout out where it's good for me, at least, to talk about things other than basketball because that's kind of all I do at this point. Um, when I get off <laughs> this call, I'm going to watch a December game of the uh, of the Suns and Wizards. So that tells you how oh. fun my Friday night is. What are you subjecting yourself to that? For? <laughs> that is that sounds like torture. It's great. I'm watching a lot of uh, a lot of Brad Beal and not much else. Okay. All right. Well, I I I love Brad Beal. So if you're just if you're just hyper focusing on him, and then Devin Booker's offense, you'll be okay. Yeah, a little Thomas Sadoransky, some DeAndre Ayton short rolls. It doesn't actually sound that bad now that you now that you're you're bringing up all these players. I'm on a mission this summer to watch every team that I didn't watch last year, really, so I can like okay, yeah, get get a feel, get a feel a little bit. No, I I like that. I like that. I, I I desperately need the basketball season to start, which is kind of what this tells you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I feel you there. I'm I'm this. Is, I mean, that's part of the reason why I've been so all in on FIBA. Yep. Because it's I'm I'm ready for uh, ready for meaningful basketball games again. We'll close this out. As I said, random shout outs. Just shout out something that isn't basketball that you're into, anything like that in your life that you just want to bring up. Oof. Um. Something cool I, you done. Something that you've been into lately. Um, I'll just I'll go like somewhat not sports related. Okay. But uh, I just been uh like got back into uh I don't know if you play the video game Overwatch. I just got really back into oh, yeah? that. They, they just they switched like the way the competitive gameplay goes. Um, like me and my friends are nerds, so we've been like becoming like just getting back into a video game again. So, um, I, it's like the worst because we get so addicted to it. Yep. <laughs> we like peer pressure each other into yep. playing. Yep. So I gotta, I gotta like get rid of my Xbox or something because it's taking too much time up. I grew up on Nintendo. I just got a Switch. It's been, it's been oh, solid. Yeah. I've been yeah. wasting a lot of time. A couple of my buddies have Switches, and I know if I got it, like, yeah, that would, that would be bad news. <laughs> I'd be stuck on it all day. Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot. Uh, I've been trying to take the week off from it because I'm like, all right. <laughs> This is, this is just sad. Like, what am I doing? If I yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. You got to like unplug it and right. just put it in a drawer or something. Like, right, right. That's, I, that's I have to do that with my Xbox. Like, just put it in the closet, just to like make my brain be like, all right, it's not even there. You can't. You're not playing it. Put it on the top shelf of a cabinet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah right, like, I'm, like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's a good random shout out. That's a good one. Um, yeah. I. I 
recently got back into it, so that was the only, the first thing that came to mind. I'll have better ones as we go along. What you're going to notice is that I always bring this up, and I never actually have something for it. I don't even know why I subject myself to this. I, to, every time, I'm like, oh, shit, I don't really know what I was going to say. Well, I feel um, a little bit better since you put me on the spot that you were putting yourself on the spot. Too. Yeah, no, it's really – it's. I like to put – it's like a like a, a shot clock situation here where I just need yeah. to pull some together. Um, no, I, uh, I, I, what I'm, my fallback, and you'll, this is another thing you'll notice with me is if I don't have a good one, <laughs> um, I am going to probably shout out a music album. Uh, believe it or not, what I, when I first really started writing was actually in high school. I used to do like album reviews of hip hop albums and it's pretty much my second love outside of doing uh, basketball and everything that I do with it. So uh, I just want to shout out the Rhapsody album. She's a really goddamn good artist, and uh, I've been impressed by it. Uh, a lot of, like, it's I tend to favor underground hip-hop, but I my favorite, I guess, like, my favorite possible genre, if you want to call it, is, like, an underground hip-hop album with, like, you know, really sound lyrics that has a little bit of crossover appeal. This album, Eve, has is, is got it for me. Um, so that is going to be my random shout out. I've been kind of itching to shout out on some podcasts. So that's, where that's we are. a good one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. I actually, I, I used to like be so big into hip hop and rap, but I've like fallen off. I gotta, I'll, I'll check that out. It's pretty Cause good. I, yeah. I just, I don't listen to, uh, to enough hip hop anymore. I just get, I get stuck like on these like MF doom, like just like spirals, like where oh, I just man. get stuck listening to MF Doom for like two weeks. But other than that, I don't listen to too much anymore. So I gotta gotta definitely check that out. You heard of Quasimodo? Uh Quasimodo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Been that been on that a lot. A lot yeah. lately. So yeah, that's that's my shout out. You it you'll get a lot of music shout outs from me because this All is right, my good. my I'll, avenue. I'll, I'll uh I'll I'll bring some of my own. All right, as, as all right. Go. I'm with that. I'm with, with that. It. I'm all for a music sharing podcast. Um, yeah. All right. Let's close this out, Danny. It's been fun. Uh, felt like this went really well. I, it's funny when you do a podcast, you can tell either if you do have chemistry or you don't have chemistry with somebody. <laughs> and uh, felt yeah. like this is good. I mean, we I think we have kind of the similar minds in terms of basketball and what interests us. So I'm yeah, excited to do this again. For sure. For sure. I think. Yeah. I mean, like I said in the beginning, like. We're always like, like texting or like talking via Slack, you know. Like, and we end up in these like long like basketball conversations. It's like this is a much easier way to actually like do that and you know put it out there. So, looking forward to it. I think definitely, uh, I'm sure we'll get a lot better as we go along. But For I sure. think we're off to a pretty decent start. Yep, didn't talk over each other. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I try and I try my best to talk over everyone. So <laughs> I guess I guess we'll we'll have to fix that going forward. <laughs> All right, Danny. Uh, It's been fun. I will talk to you soon, all right? All right. Sounds good, Matt.